stay off the weed. Hey, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another episode of the Orlando Soccer Show. We are back, and when I say we, I mean the entire crew, not only myself, Austin David, alongside Gavin Eubank, but also we are joined by none other than Kyle Foley, and for the first time in a long time, it is Inspector Brad Newton. Knock on wood if you're with me. I'm assuming you guys are all knocking on wood. Uh, we, We knocked on wood, naturally. Well, first off, guys, how's everyone doing? Splendid. Fantastic. Yeah, not bad. It's Monday. Sounds like we're all ready to record a nice fun episode, huh? Yeah, you know it yeah. yeah. We haven't we haven't spent any time talking to each other in a really long time, <laughs> nope. so I'm I'm very much looking forward to hearing from you all. It's like what's that Beatles movie where they all just kinda like meet up on the rooftop <laughs> randomly and they all just play together? Like it's it's kinda like that. I only know the Simpsons episode where they parody that, so I, I don't actually know. <laughs> Except it's all a lie. Right. The cake isn't real. Sure. <laughs> all right, enough of that. Let's get into Orlando City talk. We're going to talk about the draw versus Atlanta. We're going to talk about the pride losing to Gotham. And we're going to talk about the Orlando City Academy 23s. We're going to talk about UCF and Rollins soccer. We're going to laugh at Miami and, and then finish it up with a little... Um, European Super League talk because of course we got to throw our 10 cents into that discussion naturally so without further ado guys it's the Inspector Brad special to start off the season nil nil draw everyone goes home pissed wait is that why you guys had me on this week was because nil nil draw everyone goes home angry one of many reasons Um, Brad I was gonna say mostly you guys asked Oh, oh yeah! We couldn't I, just we pretend did. like we weren't I did. recording. I did say I was. <laughs> See if you would if you had listened to last week's show, we were talking about how we wanted to have you guys on more, and then we kind of realized like, well, we never actually invited them on. We rectified that. We rectified yes. that this week, and that's what <laughs> yeah, you matters. You guys know, like my schedule has been entirely open like this whole last year, right? Well, we do now. Anyways, nil nil draw. Atlanta, give me your hottest of hot takeaways about what ended up being a pretty standard game of soccer. This season is in shambles. That is where wow. I stand after day one. <laughs> All right. Hot take number one. Kyle. Obviously. <laughs> yeah. Um, obviously. I mean, listen, you know, it's opening day The we talked about it last week. The first couple weeks of the season are not going to be anything. I mean, how many draws were there? How many scoreless draws? Like how little goals were scored this weekend? Well, in the Eastern it's conference, only two, two teams won. Yeah. Right. So I mean, this is the soccer that you're going to expect, and you there mentioned were as it. many draws that first Saturday as there were results. Seven years, six draws on opening day for Orlando City. This is just what they do. They don't score goals. I mean, the exact same game happened no, no, no. last year. They do score goals. Ever since Oscar Pereja, they have time. never scored on opening day. Yes, I will say that Oscar Pereja's teams have never scored on opening day since he's been an Orlando City head coach. I will say the one key takeaway for me here is, I mean, they played this game without four starters. So really, how much is there to take away from it? You know, you can judge it to a certain degree, but it's one game. It is what it is. And now we move on. And, you know, Kansas City's up next. All right, Brad, go ahead. 
Uh, it is kind of interesting to see because if there's one thing to take away from this match, I guess it's like late game situations where, as as Gavin pointed out, they were missing four starters. So looking at this as if it's like the second half of any other match, it's not really encouraging when starters are starting to come off because where's the offense being generated from, really? I mean, aside from some chances against the run of play, like uh, I I, they did not look all that threatening at any point, really. There's there's the one that uh, was it like uh, I was gonna say Nani? I think the two biggest chances were Pato's in the second half where he came very close. Like he had he was walking the ball to the goal like both times. Then and then Sebas Mendez comes in and just yanks it. Yeah, Mendez like cleared it on his own and like basically ended any threat completely which really more to my point is if if you're not looking that this is like oh this was a team that would have started like well yeah because they're missing four starters but if you're looking at it like uh it's late in the game and they're they're trying to get a goal it's like okay well this is not great yeah i mean i think the key issue the key issue throughout the game is it you see how big of a deal it is to not have mauricio Pereira on the field because the team, like, they were trying to do a lot of the things that they normally would do, but one, you don't have a guy who's able to be the offensive attack on the left side coming from the back with Joe Matinho out. You know, Kyle Smith was very good, and we can get to Kyle Smith in a moment. Like, he was good, but he's not he's not that offensive guy, so you lose that. You don't have anybody in the middle of the park. Pato was basically kind of playing like that. In but the first that, half, I mean, yeah. Yeah, in the first half. Like, But even then, it's he was almost just standing he was there to be there not necessarily to be the replacement and then you and then in the second half you bring on Andres Perea and it's again like that's not really his role like that's not what he's best at so and because of that there's you're forcing you're forcing Nani and Chris Mueller to be the guys and they just they can't do it all on their own right but at the at the same time when they brought in Andres Perea into the midfield as the number 10 essentially they started playing better. They started playing more attacking and they started creating more chances. It's just simply because they need someone in that little hole that was so vacant during the first half. Like literally I was watching the first half and there's like gaps where like Nani is holding the ball, looking for somebody in the middle and there's just nobody there. And then in the second half, there was actually somebody there. Even if it was just a body, it gave them more of an offensive threat than it did in the first half when no one was there. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, anybody is better than nobody, which is basically yeah. what they went through the first 45 minutes. Yeah. Kyle, you, you haven't said much. Do you want to chime in? Yeah, so so I think the big thing I took away from watching the game was it looked like a preseason game from both sides. It didn't look like, which is in any sport, what the first week, two weeks of games looks like. Um, we mentioned having players missing at towards the end. I honestly thought I, I was expecting Orlando to give up a goal at the end. I was expecting Martinez to come on and score, and we were going to get memed on by Atlanta for the foreseeable future on the internet. I'm very glad that you didn't happen. Yeah. So, so honestly, like, I'm kind of – I don't know if encouraged is the right word, but I, I come out of that going, yeah, it was the first game of the season. It was essentially a preseason game. And we didn't lose. We didn't. It's not like we had the lead and we gave up a goal and we dropped points. It was a boring Inspector Brad special, but 
in week one of a year like this coming out, especially coming off of last year, is that really necessarily a bad thing? And I don't, I don't think it is. The, the question, the important part though, is going to be, okay, does the next game take the things that were good and build on them? Or does it just, do we just see more of the bad? Do we see more of the, the, the things that weren't necessarily very encouraging? And I think that's where it's going to be a lot more important to see. We know we're not going to see very many lineup changes because Pereira is still Pereira is still is suspended, and then Pato is most likely unofficially out of the game. I think it's fair to say so. We're not going to see a lot as far as that aspect goes. I mean, the guys who are injured are probably all still injured. So yeah, I mean, it's going to be down to. But that's a good thing because I think if you're if you're not seeing any lineup changes, really, I mean, outside of Pato being injured, but you're so it's going to be close to the same lineup that we saw this last game do we see improvements on some of the things that were a little bit weaker do we see does the team look a little more clinical going forward which is going to be really hard because not only are we down pato but we're also down the number one striking option being that he's over in england uh absolutely wrecking shop so you know we have an opportunity to see can this team take a performance from from the first game and build on that going into the second with essentially the same roster because if it was okay we had people out the first game and then they all come back the second game and the second game looks better then you go oh okay well it was just people were missing whereas now if you can come back for that second game with essentially the same team you okay are we actually seeing things build are we actually seeing things grow and improve or is it just oh we're just using the excuse you know we had people missing growing 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 and more seductive than sex i mean there were definite moments of some sex ball there i mean there are there are times where the opportunities that they did have looked pretty nice uh, but i was gonna say but who provided most of those moments it was pato <laughs> yeah and he's not gonna be yeah. there so let's let's dive into the pato injury 77th minute he goes down trying to get to a ball Knee kind of locks up a little bit, had to limp off, subbed off for Sylvester van der Vader, who we'll talk about a little bit later. But it's like this was the risk that they knew coming into signing him. He's injury prone. He's always been injury prone. They signed him on a one-year contract. Uh, if he doesn't hit those milestones that he's supposed to hit in, in his contract, he's not going to be paid even TAM money. So realistically, they took a shot with him. If he's out, he's out, and they, they have to go to the next man up mentality, which means it's either Mateus Ayas, Tesho Akindele, or potentially Derek Dodson, who's just joined the team from Georgetown, uh, or they bring back Daryl DK and don't send him overseas, don't sell him, and keep him for the rest of the year. Or uh, th- those are options. Or what if there was another attacking player here in the city of Orlando no. Currently without no. a club. I'm gonna I'm gonna cut you there. D- dump oh. dump his audio. Don't let him finish. I didn't name Hold anybody. On. I just, uh, uh, I, no. just <laughs> I just said what if there was? You know. Well, there isn't because uh, the one. Well, actually, sorry, there is. Giles Barnes is here in town. Yeah, that's who I was talking dump, about. Dump his audio. <laughs> who do you think? Dump who his do you audio. think he was talking about? Yeah, who do, uh, come on, Gavin. Who do you think he was talking about? Do you take uh, me for some kind of buffoon? Come on. <laughs> I would never engage in those type of shenanigans on this show. Yes, the 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 last thing we would ever be known for on this show is shenanigans. Tom Foolery maybe, but shenanigans you know, you know never. Who, you know who currently is not signed to a club right now, and 
uh, is a very good uh, striker. Uh, who? Has Brazilian heritage, but never played for the Brazilian club. Peter Crouch? Oh, not club. <laughs> uh, national team? Who? Diego Costa. Oh, God. <laughs> Imagine. Guys, I, I hate to say it, but Orlando has a DP spot open. Imagine it's soon to be a lot of Nani, money. Nani Diego Costa. <laughs> I would just like to know why Gavin is telling uh, you to dump my audio for being vague and not naming anyone <laughs> specific, but this this bullshit gets treated like it's totally normal. But here's uh, the I thing. Mean, like, Sturridge. I'm I only mean, here Sturridge. for plausible. Daniel That's Sturridge. even worse. <laughs> at least at least with Diego Costa, like he was scoring goal like I mean, Daniel Sturridge is washed. Rule of Fred Boney. Come on, Wilfred Boney. Score some goals. Just bring Swansea. back Corey Herzog while we're at it. God. We, I if mean, we go, could go, go. Guys, guys, we could go down a rabbit hole of players that should be signed. Replace Pato with Pato. If you go down the transfer market website, Dom Dwyer is the fifth listed free agent center forward. In the world? Market value. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Well, Toronto might get a good deal out of that, I so- guess. Jeez. Soros, Diego Costa, Daniel Storage, Wilfred Boney, and Dom Dwyer. That's crazy. That's actually crazy. Yeah, but Toronto already has one star striker that's constantly getting injured. Why would they want two of those? Uh, so they can alternate which one gets injured. <laughs> okay. They're just God hoping that they don't sync up their injuries. <laughs> Is so- does Soros just not want to come to MLS? Is that why he is not signed? Wait, guys, you know who's going to be a free agent at the end of this season in the Premier League? Oh, Aguero. Yes! Sergio Aguero, Aguero to Orlando City. Let's go. Come on. Let's do it. Who, I mean, would would you not want that? Come on. I wouldn't. Oh, that dude would score 50 really? goals in this league. Exactly. Why wouldn't you want that? <laughs> he's only, he's 32 years old and he's still scoring bangers for Manchester City. I mean... he, he's the right age for MLS now. According to most people, what they say is the right age. Well, Miami doesn't have enough DPs on their roster, so they'll probably go after him. I mean, why why get a Sergio Aguero when there's a perfectly good Christian Benteke right there? <laughs> Benteke's not free agent, is he? His contract is expiring. Oh. I mean, he's probably a better, like, he's probably a more realistic get if you were to get someone like that. I was going to say, Benteke, for as long as I've known him at Crystal, he's one of those guys that it's like he's always on the verge of leaving. And, like, at least rumored, like, they're trying to. He's also him. always on the verge <laughs> of being good, but never is. I didn't yeah. know you knew him, though. That's kind of impressive. He is, like, hanging you know out. Who's, you know who else's contract is expiring? Whoa. Olivier. Giroud. Giroud, yeah, I mean, you want you want sex ball coming to Orlando. I was gonna say, like that is a man made for Miami. I would, I would unironically love to have him here. <laughs> it won't happen, but I would genuinely. Uh, that would be great. He, I, I mean, he, I genuinely, I genuinely think he's just like too slow now. Yeah, but yeah. you don't. You just you put him on for like thirty minutes at the end. He just stands there, lets the ball get to him, and scores goals. Uh, I'm fine with that. Yeah, sure. Why not? He he can be um, uh, who who like the Julio Baptista for Orlando. <laughs> yeah, that's that's the role he wants. <laughs> wants to come, wants to come to Orlando and come off the bench late. Yeah, that's exactly what he was gonna do. You know, because uh, listen, if he's getting a good payday, that's all you need, right? That's that's what they're those those aging players want. Good paydays, not playing time. Sure. Doesn't matter, right? 
Danny Welbeck, his contract is also expiring. Oh, Welbs, no, good lord, no. All right, we we can we can run through this another time. Let's continue on. Uh, I want to talk about. Yeah, this typically happens when all of us are recording. And I just pull up transfer market. Yeah. (laughs) We start we start as we talk about Dom Dwyer, and then we go down a rabbit hole of hey, guess who else is free agent? Go go from Dom Dwyer to Danny Welbeck. Again, (laughs) I would like to be very clear. I never said a name. You didn't have to. We all knew it was Giles Barnes. It's fine. Don't worry about it. All right. We talked about the offense. We talked about Pato being hurt. And we talked about potential options for him to be replaced by. The defense. I want to talk about that because you don't get a nil-nil draw without playing good defense and having a good goalkeeper. And um, considering that two of your normal backline starters are out, the two players that step up in Rodrigo Schlegel and Kyle Smith played incredibly well. And I want to talk about them and give them their just due. I think it I think the defense is great and I think it's you really see this sort of coaching change here, you know, from years past where Orlando's back line was maybe the biggest question the team had going forward. And now you see like, hey, we're starting guys who aren't, you know, everyday starters along the back line and yet they still keep a clean sheet. So um I, I think that says a lot about the the coaching of this team and how well disciplined the back line is and just how Guys, I mean, can you really say enough about the guy at this point? Like Schlegel, Schlegel, yeah. I mean, he's 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 basically an Orlando City legend from one play, and then kind of just steps up and does it again. I mean, yeah, he's basically like Adrian Vinter, but on the back line. Yeah, yeah. If, if this team if this team somehow worked it so that both of those guys were playing at the same time, um, I I think they. I think they become the new Invincibles. <laughs> I'm going to say it right now. If Adrian Vinter <laughs> came back to Orlando City. I'm pretty sure he's retired now. Oh, no, he's still with Zurich. He's still playing. He's played 101 games with, with them. Well, in any event, I think if we had the two of them on, um, I think the I think Orlando City would set a new points record. I will say I <laughs> saw so many... Rodrigo Schlegel goalkeeper jerseys at the game. It was kind of ridiculous. Like it's it's kind of a meme at this point, right? Yeah, pretty much. But it's also like one of those moments that'll just go down in Orlando City history. And it it just so happens that he's a part of it. And here here's a the, here's the kicker. Like Rodrigo Schlegel is a center back and he's most known for his goalkeeping. I think yeah, moment he played goalkeeper. I think right, but like most- he, do you know how many games he played for Orlando City in 2020 as as a center back? Uh, eight. I mean, I would argue that if as a defender, people think about you in any other way that's not about being a terrible defender. I think that's a win. I, yeah, I mean, you're you're because there's right. a lot of guys you can think about and you immediately think about like, oh, that guy's terrible. Or, like, something that they did wrong. But if you can't come up with something, it's a good thing. Right. So he played in 10 games, started seven matches. That was close. Yeah. So uh, in in 2020, he started against Colorado back in the February game. Uh, He started in the MLS's back game against Montreal. Or, sorry, he subbed in as a a Montreal in the Montreal game. Uh, He started against Nashville started against uh, Miami, 
Started against Sporting Kansas City, Dallas, New York, and Atlanta. Came in as a sub against New York. And then came in as a sub uh, versus NYC in the MLS Cup playoffs. So there you go. Who can forget? Who could forget? Uh, so we talked about Schlegel, but I want to talk about Kyle Smith. Because um, Cal- I, yeah, I talked to him after the game uh, just about playing on the left compared to playing on the right. And he was t- telling me about how it, his footwork has to be completely reversed when he plays on the left. Because when you're playing on the right, you have to you know shield players a, a certain direction and you have to get your footwork to, to be able to move a certain way. And you basically have to just change your brain 180 degrees to flip it on the opposite side. So it takes some adjusting to be able to just naturally be able to do that on the left-hand side. And since Kyle Smith has basically been playing there more than he's been playing right back, um, he's been able to do that. That's dangerously close to a Derek Zoolander quote. Wait, what? Because just thinking, (laughs) like, he can't turn. (laughs) Like, his brain, like, he has to stop and think about it. Like, all right. Like, I get it. Sure. I mean, this is these are his words, you know. Yeah, I, I I get that, and I'm also not a professional soccer player, so I can't really understand like how hard that probably is. But like, when you say it in terms of like, yeah, you just kind of have to think of things backwards. It's like right, right, uh, okay. Well, so okay, let me let me let me read you his quote real quick because I just pulled that up. I think it's just footwork, and then uh, you know sometimes with my left foot trying to get crosses off, you know I'm trying to continue to work on that. It's, it's kind of your footwork, and it does sometimes mess me up when I switch and practice, when I switch from the left to right, and I notice that the first play, I'm like, oh, yeah, I messed up with my footwork because I'm used to that. Uh, but then after one or two times, you know, I get it, I get it back, and I'm good to go. But uh, I'm just practicing with my left foot so I can get some good balls in the box and try to get assists and affect the attack as well as defending. Okay, and I'll read you the Derek Zoolander quote. I'm not an ambiturner. It's a problem I've had since I was a baby. I can't turn left. Again, I'm not a professional athlete, so <laughs> I can't really, I can't, I can't understand what that's like to have to like, oh, I've played this position for like my whole life and now I have to think backwards. But also when you articulate it that way, it, it doesn't, um, sound hard, I guess. Austin, when you put I'm those, saying. uh, when you put those quotes out there and you, uh, have the context behind that. It makes it all a little bit more impressive that he is able to go out there and put up the performance that he did. Six clearances, two tackles, an interception, a block shot, and that one diving block shot that he had early in the match. Uh, three aerials, one, 87% passing. I mean, he has been, the, like, there's the worry about him over there, and obviously he's not, as we've mentioned, he's not Zhao, but mm-hmm. he's, through his Orlando, his time with Orlando, he's been a very solid and consistent depth player for this team. And it's kind of one of those things where it's like, at this point, if you're still putting doubt on him, then you just haven't been paying attention. You're casual. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) He's he's come out and time and time again has just proved, proved people wrong to the point where like, he's not, he's not a world burner. He's not going to be a best 11 player, but he's going to be someone who's going to go out there and give you 90 good minutes of soccer more, you know, most of the time. I mean, I remember when they um, when they signed him to a new contract, and the quote that I think Oscar had, 
He said, uh, it was Luis Muzi that said it. Continuing to solidify the future of our defense has been a priority for this year. We're excited for to keep a player as tenacious and versatile as Kyle for another few years. Kyle has shown himself ready to do whatever is needed of him. El Soldado, as Oscar Pereja calls him, is always ready for war. El Soldado being the soldier. So he's 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 the soldier that you, you tell him what to do and he'll do it. That's the kind of player he is. Uh, what is it? Poppy, I can do that for you, was speaking of Rodrigo Schlegel. Like, that's the mentality. Like, I think that that's really cool. That's the mentality within the group. It's not just one guy, but it's... And I'm sure it's not just these two guys. I mean, you can find anybody on that roster that will probably say that exact... You could say that exact same thing about. And that's part of what makes this team so when dangerous. When they called him the Soldado, it made me think of the not good Sicario movie. <laughs> <laughs> the day of the soldado yeah the not good one the one where it's like hey these guys are real cool i haven't seen it so i have no idea uh, and it sounds yeah. like that's probably a good idea that i haven't seen it well it, yeah it just basically takes all the like shades of gray things away from it it's like no these guys they're they're real fucking cool <laughs> it's really cool when they torture people oh okay cool Fun. Yeah. yeah, and not right, like, well, oh, this is terrible. We should really think about the things that we do as a country and how, yeah, whatever. So it's like propaganda. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. Right. So we talked about the defense. We talked about Kyle Smith and Rodrigo Schlegel. Let's talk about Sylvester Van der Vader. We only saw about 10, 15 minutes of him. Ten officially, fifteen because of stoppage time. In that short period of time, what did you make of uh, the new winger for Orlando City? Looked pretty good. Um, like you said, it's a nil-nil draw, so there's not a whole lot to take away, but it, it definitely, they weren't any less threatening when Pato went off, I guess. Like, they still had opportunities, and they are still able to to generate offense, and, I mean, Vanderwater getting involved in it. Um I think given the fact that he only recently arrived, that's probably why he didn't start. And that's probably why it, it it's exactly what Oscar Pereja said. They're working him in slowly. Yeah. So it's going to look a little disjointed at the beginning of the year. Again, especially with them missing so many stars to begin with and guys, you know, getting back to the team. It's, it's not, it's not really going to look like it's going to, how it probably is designed to look. Until June, I want to say, is probably when things really start clicking and, and looking the way it should. So, um, yeah, I think him getting involved in the game is, is a good sign. And for him to play the way he did, I, I was I was pleased with it. Guys, Gavin, Kyle, any thoughts? When... Uh... You and I talked about last week, you know, what his what we kind of see his role being, and at least for the early part of the year, maybe as we kind of see injuries might play a little bit more of a role into it. But, you know, being that guy that was the Chris Mueller a couple of years ago where he comes off the bench and is able to change games. I mean, we saw it. This was a, a game played at three o'clock on a Saturday afternoon where the temperatures were in the high 80s. I mean, like it's it we're not at summer, but this is still Florida and it's still Florida hitting in the you know the late April it's not the most pleasant time of the year still so I mean he was able to come in and 
in his debut. I mean, it's 10 minutes, so there's not much you can take away. But when you look at the kind of glimpses that you get, you can see, all right, this guy has the potential to make an impact. And certainly that is, you know, hopefully we see more of that going forward. Kyle? Yeah, I, I think it was good to get to see him to play for a little bit. Obviously, the circumstances of him coming on weren't great. It wasn't like, hey, we want to give him some extra time. It was, hey, we've got an injury. We're going to deal with this. It, it's impossible to give an accurate judgment on, on on how he looks or how things will be based on a brief cameo at the end of what I said earlier. It was essentially a preseason game. But, but I didn't see anything that struck me as like, hey, this is this, maybe not. So, which is a good thing to come out and, and look pretty good. I don't think you can look at that and go, hey, he's going to be great. He's going to be good. But you can at least look at that and go, oh, okay, at least at least he didn't look out of place and look like, okay, why is he out here? Why did we bring him in? Right. And that's at that point, it's it's all you ask for. But right, you know, exactly. he, he did. He did have some good moves, some good uh, spells of possession where he, he looked threatening. And, uh, you know, when you come on as a sub, that's really all you can ask for. Now, you know? if if he had scored or assisted a game-winning goal, would have been the greatest player in Orlando City history, would be the takeaway this week. Naturally. Just like Stefano Pino should have been when he tied the game against DC United, right? Exactly. But who remembers him? Well, I certainly do. That's why I said exactly. All right, uh, with the game done this week, we move on to the next game, Friday at Kansas City, one of two, technically, or is this one of one or one of two West Coast trips, quote-unquote? One. They actually so make. the only other West Coast team they play is San Jose. They come to Orlando. Yeah, so this is the one and only West Coast trip, and it's not really a West Coast trip. It's more just like Central America. Yeah, I mean, is there a team farther out in the West, like farther west, like is Chicago, since not Cincinnati? You mean in the East, like a Western team in the East? Like, is there someone farther that they go to? Um, It's obviously not the farthest trip. Kansas City is not farther than going to probably, obviously Chicago. Um, I mean, outside, yeah, like farther north, sure. You know, like Illinois is probably the furthest north that they'll go uh, when it comes to a an Eastern conference team. I don't know my geography. Uh, I find it funny and hilarious that Nashville is, is Nashville an Eastern conference team? Okay. Uh, Cause they were Nashville Western conference is, last yes. year. Yes, they are still. Yeah. So they're, they've moved back to the Eastern conference because Which, Austin I mean, when you look is at a now map, in the West. It's just kind of obvious. <laughs> it is. But then why was, you know, why was Nashville in the, uh, were they in the West last year? I'm struggling to remember. They were originally in the Western Conference, and then when MLS's back hit, they had to like shuffle things around to make it all balanced. Right. Okay. That makes sense. And Nashville just maintains their position in the East. So now there's 14 yeah. teams in the East and 13 in the West. Yeah. Okay. Because next year it's going to be – who's coming in next year? Is it St. Louis next year, or are they waiting until 23? I th- yeah, I think it's Charlotte in 22, and then St. Louis in 23. Oh, Charlotte. Yeah. Right. But that would be another that would be another Eastern Conference team then if it's Charlotte. So then they'd be 15 Eastern Conference teams, which means they'd probably move a team like and then it'll probably would imagine St. Louis somebody. probably comes back the next year. Well, St. Oh, Louis no, no. is more west than Nashville. They could pr- they'd probably just move Montreal. 
I believe is, Mo- Montreal. is Montreal East. I believe you Montreal mean, yeah. is further yeah, east Montreal. than Toronto. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Yes. Hi, Quebecois person here. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So it's farther east than Toronto. Toronto. Is Montreal east? I don't know why I thought it was like <laughs> west, but I, I don't know Canadian uh, geography. Not, obviously, it's not Edmonton. It's not Calgary. It's not. So Vancouver. if you okay, so if you were to move an Eastern Conference team west to make up for Charlotte coming in, who do you move? Uh, <clears throat> Miami. <laughs> that makes Com- competitive no balance. Sense. Competitive balance. Well, no, I mean you don't have to move anyone because the, they're they're balanced right now, aren't they? No, it's fourteen teams in the East and thirteen in the West. Oh well, then just put Nashville back. Yeah, that's probably what they'll end up doing. Or Chicago. It's it, that's so weird. Yeah. Or to C- like Cincinnati. I don't I don't think they do move it. Uh, Chicago Chicago I mean, would be more West than Cincinnati. Yeah. So Chicago, not a terrible option there. Yeah, Nashville could be as well. Yeah, I, I, I mean, think, if like Memphis, Memphis Grizzlies play in the Western Conference in the NBA. I was just saying, so I, think, like, I feel like Nashville's not that far away. Yeah, Nashville wouldn't be. Guys, we've done it absurd. again. Yeah, I know we've done it again. We're moving on. <laughs> I mean, you, we're, the, we're talking about Kansas City here, guys. Little, little inside baseball for those of you at home. Austin now I want right barbecue. Now is currently telling us to hurry up so we can move on to another topic. We've taken too much of your time. Yes. So Kansas City coming off a 2-1 win against the New York Red Bulls where Daniel Shallowy scored the game winner. Uh, they actually scored two goals in less than a minute it, to win the game. They were down one nothing uh, in the second half, uh, thanks to Caden Clark and the Red Bulls. And then Gotti Kinda scored a penalty. And then literally seconds later, Daniel Shallowy scored a little tap-in on the back post. And that was the end of the game. So Sporting Kansas City won 2-1. to one. Um, I was going to say, first time since 2007 that Sporting Kansas City scored goals in back-to-back minutes. That's an interesting stat. I, I would I would assume that that does not happen. Well, not assume, but that does not happen all that often, team scoring in it, back-to-back minutes. So. It, in fact, does not. Uh, so. Interesting note, uh, Johnny Russell and Alan Polito, two of their more dynamic attackers, did not start the game. Uh, they came in off the bench. 77 they went. Minute. Yeah, they went they went with a front three of Shallowy, Busio, and Kyrie Shelton. Uh, Kyrie Shelton famously being drafted by NYCFC in 2015 uh, after Kyle Laren. That that is the the notable thing for today. I, I, give me thoughts, guys. Kansas City, what do you think that Orlando is going to be able to do? Um, for a team like Red Bulls that didn't really put up a whole lot of a threat against Kansas City. I think it's going to be another close match that like uh, Orlando's still going to be without players and depending on the Pato situation, like uh, it's tough to say still because there wasn't a whole lot to really glean from that last match. Like uh, I kind of agree with Kyle there where it's still pretty much preseason still, even though Mm -hmm. it's definitely not, but I don't think Orlando gets off to a slow start. I think it's, it's a little, early yet to say definitively one way or another, but I, I think given that they still had some opportunities against Atlanta, who Atlanta made a bunch of changes in the offseason too with some signings and they didn't really look all too cohesive still, and I don't really think Kansas City is really all that cohesive at the moment. Like If you're saying where they're still kind of experimenting with their lineup a bit, where three of their best players aren't even getting onto the field until the last 15 minutes, 
I think it's another game that's that's pretty tight and can be pretty wide open to start with. People forget to, you know, when you talk about the Western Conference, everyone's looking at the L.A. teams and Portland and Seattle. Kansas City was the top team in the West last year. So, I mean, they're not someone to just look over. I mean, they are a good team. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Definitely right. not sleeping on Kansas City at all. They're, so I they're think when you, you factor that in with the fact, I mean, Orlando, listen, I'm, I'm not going to keep my expectations high for this one just based off what we saw and, you know, they're they're flying on the road for this game and they'll, they'll probably be without Pato and, you know, it, it, anything can happen, honestly. Um, but it, it does seem like the kind of game where Orlando is might be a little less um, protagonistic than we're used to seeing them. Now, I don't, that's, that's not the mentality that we normally see from them, but just to kind of expect them um, to not necessarily throw it all at the kitchen sink right away is probably realistic. Right. I will say this very quickly. Last year, when Orlando went to Sporting Kansas City and won two to one, Tesho Akindele was starting up top with Andres Perea as the number 10. <laughs> they didn't even have Chris Mueller. He didn't start that game. He came in as a sub. Yeah, I mean, this team's going to play to win, regardless of what the starting lineup is, you know, regardless of who they're playing. And I I think it's going to be a good game, and I think they're going to bring it. Um, you know, funny enough, I'm looking at this lineup that they had against Kansas City. Kyle Smith was the left back. Rodrigo Schlegel was one of the two center backs. They had Urso and Mendez with Perea. Then Benji Michel, Nani, and Tesho up top. That's very easily what I could see for this team going into this game, except with Chris Mueller probably filling in for Benji and maybe Benji even starting up top. Yeah. I think an, a, another thing that wasn't mentioned was not having mm-hmm. Ray Rossell. One of the things that stuck out to me when I was looking at the stats after this game, you know, when you – we've talked about Yuri in the past, and he's the guy that controls – essentially controls – break and you know helping Orlando play out of the back I mean he's a guy that touches the ball 90 times minimum in a game and nobody on Orlando's team touched the ball more than like 60 times I think and it was just the two fullbacks that had like 60 touches and then everyone else under that neath that was significantly less involved so I think that's kind of worth noting too is there's not one specific player who's kind of had the focus of this offense at least through that first game and you know, obviously not having Pereira also doesn't help that. So I, I, I will hop in to say one of the things you, you, with you mentioning, there wasn't like a player that was kind of the single focus for the offense. It's one of the things I've talked about over the last few years that I feel like has been the detriment of Orlando city, which has been, you know, in, in the early years, it was always give the ball to Kaka and hope something happens. Uh, And even when Nani first came, that was kind of initially the first approach and things have changed lately had changed last year it's not not new to this year but that's one of the things that i really appreciate and it looks really good is like we look at this last game and pato was was arguably i don't know it's really arguable but he was the most productive offensive player that we had on the field and so i think that um seeing that it's no longer just kind of the big name not that, I mean, I guess he's a big name, so it's, but it, but like Nani is is for all intents and purposes the the playmaker for the team, but he's not being relied on to be that because we have other players who can fill that void. We've talked about this before, um, just over the years. It's good to see the, the club not having to rely on that one player, 
the real question is though, can these other guys that we have actually fill that void? If we saw last week, the Pato was doing a lot of that. Can other players step up and contribute just as well this week? At the same level, no. But like Austin mentioned, Andres Pereira was able to come in and in his own way make an impact. Um, nobody, Nobody's going to be the player that Pereira is uh, because he's just... He's too good with the ball. He's too good at finding passes and, and creating space and just doing the little things that make a good attacking team good in the final third. And yeah, well, without him, it's tougher to. And, and they don't need to be. They don't need to re- be a like for like replacement. They just need to be enough that it's not a dramatic. Okay, this this team cannot play without them. So having having someone who can fill in and go okay the team is still playing well because they have people who can step up and you're right. It's never going to be the same. The same as in football, you know, if your star quarterback goes down and you have someone who replaces them, it will never be the same as what you had, but if they can be serviceable enough to at least contribute part of what they would normally be bringing, that's what you want to see. You, you, you're right. We, we don't want to, nor are we going to see someone come off the bench who is going to be that exact replacement but can we see players filling in that will do enough where it's not the end of the world when someone is out i will say uh, if you're looking for a player that is kind of quote-unquote in training for taking the role of mauricia pereira it would probably be david loera now oscar has talked about getting him some more playing time this year and we've seen him in some preseason games so he's fit enough and he was on the bench for the game this past week it's possible we could see him getting a run i don't know if he would start i mean oscar's not afraid of playing the kids yep play your kids that's what they always say i just it's it's a very positive and very encouraging thing as an orlando just as a fan when you look at the team and you go like I didn't look at this game last week and go, wow, man, we're missing guys. This game is a waste of time to watch. Like there are, we've all experienced this at different points in our lives as fans of, of different teams in various different sports where you'll have games. You go, Ooh, man, you know, so-and-so is missing. This is the end of the world. Like this game is a waste. It may not be the end of the world, but the game itself will be a waste of time to watch because you are clearly not going to be even remotely the same team without them. And I think Orlando thankfully is no longer that type of team it's no longer the you know if we're missing you can list a a number of players even missing dk right because we didn't know if pato would be any good as a replacement we were hoping and 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 he seemed to be very good we didn't know we didn't know that he was going to show up and 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 really impress outside of actual preseason so i i think it's you know, we look at this team now and we don't go, oh, well, we're missing a couple starters. So this game is going to be like, it's going to be a loss or maybe we'll be lucky to get a draw. Like we we're bothered and upset, not upset, but we're a little frustrated that Orlando City didn't find a way to win last week. Right. Despite Mm -hmm. missing players. And that, if you think back to a couple years ago, it would not have been that same approach. We would have gone, oh, we're missing a couple players. We're lucky to get the draw at home. One last, uh, one last thing worth noting: Orlando has now unbeaten in five against Atlanta. Far cry haven't from lost to him, just two haven't years lost ago. to him since 2019. Yeah, it's kind of a big deal. Definitely a big deal. You know, need to get some wins in there, not just draws, but 
No. I mean, they've got. They I mean, got Atlanta was year. bad last year, but to get the monkey off their back and now can be competitive to the point where it's like, oh, Orlando's playing Atlanta this week. Here comes another loss. It's like, no, now you kind of expect them to play well and possibly yeah. win. All right. Uh, last thing what we I want to talk about before we move on to the pride. Uh, the TIFO that the supporter groups uh, put out there, uh, kind of honoring the history and respecting what happened last year. You know, it was it was a nice touch to to be able to kind of recognize some of the players that helped them get to that point. You know, they had on the left side, they had Jamie Watson, Dom Dwyer, and Miguel Gallardo. You know, Miguel's still with the club as a broadcaster. Dom was just with the club this past year. Uh, Jamie Watson, he's always uh, a fan favorite and and always, you know, gives shout-outs to Orlando, saying that it's it was one of the best times of his career. Um, you know, and then you have on the other side, uh, Rodrigo Schlegel, Nani, and Chris Mueller, respecting what happened last year. And, and the caption on the bottom reads, uh, Our chapel, our uh, saints, our religion. And it was kind of stained glass windows. I wanted to get your your quick thoughts on that uh, before we move on. Yeah, I'd like to I'd like to start this one off because I I have some thoughts. Yeah, on of this. course, we, we talked about this beforehand. Um, first and foremost, I I I liked the tifo. I thought it looked once I actually saw it, I thought it looked pretty cool. I thought it looked pretty nice. I don't have any issues with the tifo. I think it was fine. But the big my big takeaway from that is that. And I mean, no disrespect to any of the people that were on it or involved in it or whatever. But it is a little sad that this far into Orlando City's existence in MLS, that the only things that could be put on that for the MLS iteration of Orlando City were some highlights from last year, which was for so many reasons, not just specific to Orlando, an aberration of a year. I think it's cool that Orlando has done some some good things in the past in a completely different level of soccer and a league of soccer. I think it's cool that Orlando was able to do things at, at the second level, but I think at this point in the existence of the club as an MLS entity, the fact that there is nothing to look back on over all of the years that, that Orlando has been in MLS now and go, yeah, these are the points that we have to be really excited about. The fact that we have to look back to USL championships, which are things that should be in the record books and should be in, you know, in the club headquarters and should be there at the stadium, you know, for people to recognize, but not things that we're bragging about. I, I think it's a little sad that the club has not been able to provide things, you know, since then. Now, do I think in seven, eight years from now that, that it's still going to be the case? Absolutely not. I think over the next couple of years, I think there's going to be plenty of good things for fans to be able to pinpoint and highlight from the MLS era. But I think it's, you know, your first couple of years moving to MLS, I think it's especially for Orlando to basically say, we earned our way here. We didn't buy our way here. We showed that we could compete on that lower level and dominate on that lower level. And we deserve to be here. I think absolutely. I think when you're still highlighting that and I, and that's not the, the to me, that's not on the fans. It's that because that's all the fans have to celebrate. Orlando city has not had anything worth celebrating in ages, right? Since before joining MLS, the most encouraging thing Orlando city fans have had since coming to MLS has been making the playoffs last year 
How dare you stomp on the Orlando City Invitational? Austin, like I want you to hit Kyle with that doo-doo. You, you want me to hit Kyle with hit the doo-doo? Kyle with I the don't doo-doo. think Austin... I don't think Austin right. thinks oh, I'm wrong. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Everyone, hit everyone Kyle with the doo doo. Doo doo. There you go. That's I what don't I think, think of. Kyle, Kyle, your your take couldn't be more off base. Name name it name another club that has conceded more goals, that has conceded fewer goals. I'm sorry, than Orlando City in the 2021 season. Name it name a name a club that has conceded fewer goals than Orlando City. Oh, that's right. Oh, you can't. You can't. You can't name a team that's conceded fewer <laughs> goals than Orlando City. I mean, Atlanta's they, tied. Because they've because they've given up zero. They've I mean, given Atlanta's up zero. Still. Yeah, but but that's Atlanta. Atlanta's Atlanta tied. should score. So that's on a curve. Like, come on, man. <laughs> Orlando City has given up zero goals this year. They're the hottest team in the league. I don't know. I don't know how else you can really sort of look at it aside <laughs> from that. Like, what 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 do they have to be proud of? What about what about Daryl DK? What about Daryl DK? Derek? Derek DK? They could be proud of Daryl DK. Look at him over there. Look at him across the pod. <laughs> scoring all no, those look goals. At Ky- look at Kyle Laren even. Like he's scoring goals for Besiktas. Granted, the the exit was not I, great. Right. But... That's my point. I don't think being proud that we had a good player and then forced him out is Austin Austin brought up Kyle Laren. That that name did not well, until now it didn't cross my lips but you know what JLTK. we only talk about number nines of respect <laughs> guys guys who guys who have respect on their name not guys who try to say that in canada we drive on the other side of the road <laughs> when they get when they get pulled over i just appreciate that the fact that these are the responses tells me that even though you came into this knowing you were going to disagree with me regardless of what i said you know that i am correct because austin you Cannot tell mm. me with any seriousness in your oh, voice that shit, I am Austin, wrong. he's bringing you into this. Look at what look at what Poppy's <laughs> done. Look what Poppy's done. They they set a they set an MLS record for goals conceded, and now look at them. They have the fewest goals conceded in twenty twenty one. All right. When it comes to the TIFO, I just want to say this. Twenty twenty one is the ten year anniversary of the club, okay? They're honoring the ten year anniversary no, of the club but, but with the TIFO. But you're not but listen, but you're not if if the club had been actually competing over the last you know, since joining MLS, I don't think those things I don't think fans would care teams about have what down the club did in the US. Teams have down years. Days. That you're really underestimating how much people actually You gotta get on board with the culture here. We're invested in those years though. Right, yeah. but, but that is Kyle, because Kyle, right now Kyle. no, stop. Because right now, as an Orlando <laughs> City fan, the only thing that we can positively remember is the early years before joining MLS. I'm not how dare knocking you. Kyle, I'm gonna how dox you. I'm gonna dox you. you. That wow. goal that Kaka scored an extra time against NYCFC in the in the Citrus Bowl in extra time to to take home that draw where the ball kind of squirted <laughs> out over the NYCFC line and and kind of dribbled its way in we can't be proud of that what what else what else do the teams have to be proud of all right let me let me say championships come on here. we've we we've, we've got two trophies the reason that people are still so connected with the USL years it is mostly because that is how they fell in love with the club and and don't tell me that people don't look back fondly on previous years from their club. You know, okay, like but these Ar- are different- as Arsenal. Hold on, hold on. 
as as an Arsenal fan, Brad, do you not look back at the Invincibles and say, "Wow, yeah, that was yeah, that's that was different." Great. That's different because that's in the same league. That's not remembering. Oh, remember when we won the second division? Wasn't that so great? There's a difference. It's not, there. it's not even. It's not even that though. It's just remembering the the the. Well, Arsenal, Arsenal have it's the longest tenure in the Premier winning. League, so it's really hard for me to even <laughs> contemplate them being in the second division. Right, but so. but but that but those are different. Those are different scenarios. Those are different circumstances. I think it's different, and I think, honestly, I think fans would love it if there were enough good things that had happened in the MLS era to make those other years seem. Not make them actually, but make them seem inconsequential. I'm not taking away from what those years no, no, were. I mean, are I, you arguing that we're all just content with what the last six years have been? No, I, I am literally no, saying I, the opposite. I, I, hold on. I understand what Kyle is saying here. I understand that he's saying if the years had been better, they wouldn't be remembering as fondly the USL years, and they wouldn't be so connected to them because of the success they would be finding. Right, not, not- How dare you, Kyle? I'm, Orlando City is undefeated in the terraces. How... <laughs> Dare you, Kyle. <laughs> thank, thank you for making me feel even more correct than I already felt. You have fueled me. You have given me life. Guys, uh, before we... I, I want to move on from this. I just want All you right? to hear... I, 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 I want to hear you say the words, Austin, because I know you're thinking them. I want to hear you what? say the words. What that are your the take words? is doo-doo. No, you know the words, Austin. Don't don't what, listen to these... Don't listen That to you're kind of right? Thank you. That's it. That's all I needed. Kind of right. Yes, you, you are kind of right. I I, again, I I do I do no I I agree with you in the fact you. that this club had Breck Shea on it <laughs> for multiple years. I rest my case, Your Honor. I rest my case. Aurelian Colin did not die for this slander. because <laughs> he didn't die at all. <laughs> we don't kill right. people on this show, guys. We're gonna move on to the Orlando Pride, but the last thing I want to leave you with is this. Oh yeah, it doesn't matter. Nothing matters. No. Always remember that. How dare you, Macho Man? Nothing <laughs> matters. Are you kidding me? That WrestleMania two match against Jimmy Superstar—that mattered am, to me. I just, I just want to point out, I am honored to be in the same company as Macho Man when it comes to Brad shitting on them on air. Thank you. You in the same breath as Macho Man Randy Savage, Kyle? How dare you? You just said both of our names in the same breath. There's one guarantee in life, and that there are no guarantees, yeah. Fair enough. There you go. All right, we're moving on to the Orlando Pride. Moving on, Austin, how dare you? <laughs> the Orlando Pride played Gotham FC in their first oh, home boy. game in front of fans, and needless to say it did not go according to plan should have really rethought that one playing in front of fans orlando <laughs> dominated offensively except for on the score sheet and they lost one nothing <laughs> on a counter attack oh boy that's oh. some art <sighs> orlando some. dominated except for where it mattered yeah uh so we we actually just heard from mark skinner a little bit ago uh and he was talking to to us about uh, the way that he's treating the rest of the Challenge Cup, uh, he wants to win, uh, but at the same time, he's, well, wait, he's trying to minute. balance. I thought he wanted to create art rather than football. You can do both, right? I thought he wanted to create something no one's done before, like control a match for 80 minutes and concede and lose one nothing. 
It's listen. I've, it's, I've it's, seen people. I've I've seen teams. Uh, do yeah, this. you know yeah. what? I stand corrected. That's happened plenty of times. I'm an Arsenal <laughs> fan. I should know better than that. <laughs> it's not losing. It's falling with style. Okay, <laughs> with grace. No, 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 and not really even that with. Wasn't style. really that graceful. Especially the way they conceded mm. that goal. It was not graceful. No, it was not. Well, the good news is. Uh, these games don't necessarily count for much. the The season doesn't start until, well, who knows? Because they haven't released the schedule yet. Uh, but the the good news is that this is the time to try and figure things out. I gotta say, it's an uphill battle for Mark Skinner, though, because if they start the season the same way they're playing now, that water that he's he's sitting in is gonna be boiling. Like, uh, it's it's bad enough. That like you started your tenure like on the wrong foot, and now like to not really further endear yourselves to fans by like having just some of the most middling performances this team has ever seen. Like I get it. Like last year, uh, it was basically a wash. Yeah, yeah, it was a wash. But even in the games where like you did have players like in them, like it didn't look great. Like there wasn't like I can't I I nothing was memorable about any of the games from last year. The team having false COVID tests was more memorable than any of those performances. Like that's Brad, how dare you? How dare you? Do you don't remember the game tying goal in the ninetieth minute against North Carolina in the final game of the fall series? No, you're right. How dare I? <laughs> That was the one memorable thing, is that they tied the game in the 90th minute. Yeah. Outside I mean, of that, there there was nothing memorable. It, I mean, if that's honestly like what we're going off of, then yeah, sure, I guess. I mean, look, they they played four games. Like there there's nothing in there. No. Like most, like nobody even really watched those games in the first place. Like the they had two away games, they had two home games, and nobody was at home. So the like, first, the first two games of the season so far, I've I thought Cindy LaRue was probably gonna end up murdering someone just because of how like <laughs> aggressive she looked on offense. No, it was really good. Like I, I was like I was excited when that first touch she had against Louisville. I was like, holy shit! Like this is 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 Sid like back back? Are we getting like are we getting some prime Cindy LaRue here? And then it was like, ah, uh, well, not quite. Not yet. Not 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 yet. Not yet. Uh, listen, listen. We just talked about it with Orlando City. The first couple games of a season are always basically preseason, right? We can't judge the yeah, team and their and season how they first go. Of all, first of all, how dare you, okay? <laughs> the first game for the Orlando Pride, first couple games, how dare you say they don't matter? I, I, weren't you the one who said that? I know. I just I had to channel my inner Brad. For oh yeah, yeah. We, we just had to get channeling your inner me. How dare you? <laughs> and honestly, like I might need to go shower. I'll be back, guys. God, this this bit has just gotten out of hand. Re- really? This bit? You're gonna criticize it? How <laughs> dare you? Uh. So the Orlando Pride hosts the Washington Spirit on Wednesday at 7 p.m. The game will be on CBS Sports Network, I believe. And um, that, again, open to fans. The last game of the Challenge Cup that the Pride will be playing in at home. 
Uh, and then their next game isn't until May 1st when they get to go play North Carolina. I was just going to say, really quick, so when just speaking as a fan who has trouble finding ways to watch the games uh cbs it's on cbs sports network mm-hmm. or sports hq or whatever so is that can that be watched through paramount plus no or is that the one you need the cable login for i think you need the That's cable, the cable login, login for, that. for that okay which is weird because like you would think that you they would, would think but no well no but i have both mm-hmm. so i feel like theoretically I think if you have both, then yes. Then you're good. I think I can go on. I think that's how that works. Yeah. So I think I can go on the app and watch live TV, and it should be under there. Correct. I guess on those. I think so. I tried that for the last game, and and I think, and maybe it was just I tried too early, but it was showing something completely unrelated. Yeah, you have to check right at kickoff. Yeah, that's not great. That app in general is not great. Well, yeah, I watched plus. I watched Star Trek Lower Decks and I canceled my free trial. So I've been watching yeah. SpongeBob. I mean, you, they, they don't even have a watch list. You can't add anything to a list that, uh, of what stuff you want to watch. It, you know, it's yeah, but but it's online just streaming services one hundred and one online I mean, should really no. Right. Listen, online streaming services are very new. Okay, not a lot of people have had a chance to make them, so it's understandable if they're missing some important features. Uh-huh. All right, who are we to judge? How dare you? First of all. <laughs> Yeah, it's, it's it's not like Netflix hasn't been around since, like, 2007. Man, don't even get me started on streaming services. I've been angry at Funimation for months because they did this whole new UI change for the Switch app and haven't done it for anywhere else in, like, six months, and it's, ugh, I get angry every time I use it. Okay, anime avatar. No one needs to take <laughs> it oh, listen, seriously. Austin, I, I, I don't want to drag you into more of this. Oh, movie. it's fine. Drag me. Austin, Go ahead. Austin's with me on this one. I am with you. Actually, to be fair, the Hulu or not the Hulu, the um, Roku app isn't terrible. Eh, they're all terrible. Everything other the Switch UI is great, but it's the Switch. Everything else is terrible. Right. I've used I've used the Switch UI. It's nice. I know Anyways, it's great. I just we're, we're, I we're going inside baseball again. We gotta we gotta wrap things up here because we've got some more stuff to talk about. Uh, is there anything else you guys want to touch on with the Orlando Pride before we move on? Uh, to the other local soccer here in the area. I, I do want to point out that it is very nice that all of these things are on Paramount Plus or CBS Sports Network or whatever. Like, Because my my big complaint over the last couple of years has been just, you can't watch Pride games. I can't just be like, oh, I want to watch the Pride. Let me just turn on you know whatever and watch them. And so it's nice to be able to, you know, theoretically, I watched the first game. I couldn't find the second. And I'm guessing it's just because I was too early to go check and then Mm-hmm. decided to go to bed instead but like knowing that i can go on and watch them is a nice feeling and it's not this weird complicated or like oh you can't watch it because it's on espn plus but it's out of you know you're blacked out mm-hmm. so i i appreciate that and I, I think when we talk about women's sports in general i think it's good to see them become more accessible like being able to watch the the women's college basketball tournament on espn plus right like having more access to these these things is great because when you watch them you realize wow this is actually a good product like this is this is worth watching because a lot of people will fall into the the stereotypical and the the extremely just really stupid and uninformed like oh this is just they're they're bad athletes they're not any good whatever and then you get a chance to watch it you go no this is actually pretty impressive this is some good stuff and so making that more accessible i think is huge i think the fact that it's on paramount plus i mean paramount plus is the home of the champions league 
and mm-hmm. the Europa League in the United States. So having NWSL what about Super on, League on that same platform, I think I think is is potentially really beneficial for NWSL. I think that's something that that, that will possibly, if they can, you know, make their app usable and 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 make it function well. But I think that's something they can draw in a lot of viewers. If it's hey. You know, we notice you've been watching Champions League games. Why not check out NWSL? Like, I think that's the thing you'll actually get people to want to do. And so I think that could be really beneficial for, for women's soccer, especially when we talk about, you know, we talk about um, the pay disparity between women's soccer players and men's soccer players in America. And the, the excuse that always gets used is, well, you know, well, people don't watch the women, which is which is stupid because people don't watch the women because they're not on TV. Like, nobody's putting them on, even though the product is great and they're great players. So we're removing those barriers and making it so more people can see what a lot of us have seen for a really long time, which is that women's soccer in the United States of America is really good and quite honestly better than men's soccer in America. And so having that more accessible, I think, is is nothing but positive. On that same topic, uh, WNBA League Pass is like 16 bucks for the whole season. So definitely get on that. If, that is... Uh, you that want is, to watch more women's sports. That's an incredible value for what you're yeah, doing. Yeah, I will. I will. I will. I've not watched it. I didn't know that it was only 16 bucks. That is something that I will be definitely looking into yeah. for next season. That yeah. and Nike just dropped a whole bunch of new jerseys for every team in the league this year, and they look amazing. Uh, I definitely am waiting for that Las Vegas Aces, Aha Wilson uh some of Jersey us, to, some of us have drop. not come to terms with all the weight we've gained through COVID and feel comfortable wearing jerseys, but maybe one day, you know. I understand. I understand. Yeah, yeah, that that it happens. So with that, we'll move on very quickly and talk about the OC Academy twenty three team that plays in UPSL. They They're undefeated. Teams? Wow. What's that? I said they have twenty three teams. Wow. It's a under twenty three team. Nah, it, was, it, was, it was a joke. I know. I ruined it. Yes, I, and. <laughs> yes, and. <laughs> yes, and. Uh, so the U23 team is undefeated on the season. They are 4-0. and Their last two games, they won 6-1 to over FK Orlando. And then uh, they just played Clay County Soccer Club uh, this past Saturday and beat them 11 to nothing. Wouldn't so, it be nice if there was an actual like youth league for MLS and they're not playing Clay yeah. County? I mean, wouldn't that be ideal? Week, next week they're heading up to Jacksonville to play Interjax FC. So I Gavin will, can ooh, go take a look they? at that. Oh, okay. It's just it, it's and we kind of talked about some of the MLS like youth stuff. I believe Austin. I believe you and I talked about this the last time I was on the show mm-hmm. when you and I did this, but. The fact that, like, I, I think Orlando's approach to youth, I think it, the new kind of direction I think is really positive. I think things are things are going in a good direction. But it's really frustrating that there's not just a league-wide U23 league or B-team league or whatever. It, it'll be for next year. They just couldn't well, get the, the it'll stuff theoretic- this year. It'll, it'll no, theoretically no, no, there, it be will be. Year. It will be. It's not just theoretical. I, I'll believe it when I see it. I, I, I don't believe... MLS as a whole is entirely committed to youth development. No, no, no. It's it's not going to be the it's not going to be the full like every single MLS team is going to have a U23 team. Okay, like but that. that's but that's what I mean. Like every club there's no reason why every club shouldn't have a U23 team in a basically MLS2 
playing each other every week the same way that the the top teams are playing like this isn't a new concept this isn't a new thing it's not something that no other league or country in the world has done but for some reason we've decided to not figure it out and then so we do see players who are 16 17 18 coming in and playing for the top sides doing incredibly well but it's because they have nowhere else to play and so their options are make a brief appearance for MLS and then go overseas or just keep playing in MLS, whatever. But it'd be nice if we could have a way to actually develop them here and keep talent here, which would be wild. I know. I mean, yeah, that would be nice. You're right. If, if you want to grow MLS, you grow the youth talent here and you keep them here. You, you talk about like the German national team that some of their best players for the most part play in Germany. There are others that play in other clubs, but they're playing for like the top like four clubs in the world. And so you want that same, and we've talked about this for years, you want that same thing here in the United States. You want, you don't want Christian Pulisic coming up through Dortmund's academy. You want him coming up through Philadelphia's academy, right? Not mm. at the time when he was doing it, but you want it to be to the point where the quality of where these guys are coming up through and what, they, what they're doing and what they're ending up as is happening here and not letting other other leagues do that work. It'd be nice if we could develop things at that level, but that's not – we talk about moving to a new version of MLS. We're no longer focused on bringing over these older retired players, and you look at a lot of these teams, they're bringing in young guys from, from South America, but, like, why are we not putting that investment in youth development here and youth academies here for every club instead of just plucking from, okay, well, now instead of plucking retired players from – you know, the Premier League, we're plucking youth players from 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 other countries. Like, why not put that money and put that focus on the investments here? And the few times we've seen that happen, it's paid off and it's paid off really, really well. Yeah, I agree. Well, we'll have to wait and see with that. Um, awesome. But, Does that uh, schedule say where the games are? Because I can't find uh, it's to be decided. <laughs> So you'll have to look up where Interjax plays their home games. I can't find any information on this team. Um, there's a second team in Jacksonville that they will be playing called Jacksonville FC. Yes, that is a. Uh, that's the team that's going to be in the MLS next. Oh, MLS next. Interesting. Yes. That was yeah, what yeah, Inter, used Interjax... to be the Jacksonville Armada Academy, and then they kind of split off. Uh, Interjax plays at, looks like, uh, Loxo, uh, Losco Park, I believe is, is the case. Yeah. Losco Regional Park in Jacksonville. Anyways, that's enough about the U23s. I want to talk about college soccer now. UCF, huge weekend for them. On the men's side, the women's season is over. The men's team is just getting started on their things. They won not only the regular season conference tournament, or the conference championship, but the conference tournament as well. Uh, for the first time in their last couple years, they beat Tulsa 1-0 on Saturday to win the tournament that they were, in fact, hosting and are now heading into the NCAA tournament starting in May. They will be taking on James Madison University in the first round. Now, here's a fun little tidbit. 
if UCF beats James Madison, they could be playing Brent Petkus's Bowling Green State University in the next round. Now, wouldn't that be fun? That just reminds me, we met, we forgot to give our Brett Peckis injury update. He's been diagnosed with a lower body injury. No surgery required. We don't know when he'll be back or what the, the timeline is going to be. But if he is healthy enough to return in time for Bowling Green to play literally any other team, we will be having him on the show to give us his in-depth analysis of a school that he has probably not paid attention to in at least a decade. Sure am. Yes. All right. Anyways, UCF, right? So they're going to be playing uh, their first tournament uh, game against James Madison, like I mentioned. May 2nd at 5 o'clock is when UCF will be playing James Madison. That game will be played in North Carolina somewhere. I do not know uh, where, but uh, the entire tournament is going to be taking place all across North Carolina. Uh, they will also be using uh, the North Carolina Courage's stadium, uh, University of North Carolina's stadium, et cetera, et cetera. So uh, that's the update on UCF. Rollins, both seasons are now over. We talked about the men's team last week. Uh, they beat the University of Tampa. The women's team, they lost their final game of the year, their shortened season to University of Tampa in Winter Park, 2-1, to one, and now their season is over. Both teams will now prepare for a fall season coming up in August slash September as everything kind of gets back to normal. So that is all for the college side of things here locally. Gavin, I also want to mention the fact that the University of Jacksonville uh, has made it into the NCAA tournament and will be playing American University in the first round. JU? American University sounds like a made-up university, like from <laughs> like a foreign yeah, J J U. Okay, nice. And the if Dolphins. they if they win that, they get to play Clemson. So oh. have fun with that. Last thing in the show, well, second to last thing in the show. Did you guys watch the Miami L A Galaxy game? I watched them concede goals in hilarious fashion. Yes, that is what I'm talking about. The Phil Neville era, starting off strong. I like how in our Discord, Mike asked if uh, Neville had gotten the job purely based on the fact that if that he is uh, David Beckham's friend, and all of us just simultaneously said yes. Yes. I don't think there's any doubt in that fact. It's like, yeah. What, why else would he have gotten it? Because he's a good coach, right? Oh, I here I thought that you were going to make that a definitive statement and you turn it into a question. And I was like, wow, you managed to finish that sentence, but they turn it into a question. So, uh. Oh, wow. Mr. Sarcasm. Yeah, I don't care. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. All right. Last thing to talk about that everybody's talking about. And we, of course, have to throw our hat into the ring and, and give our two cents about everything going on. So... Hey, guys, what's your thoughts on the European Super League? Austin, hit it with that doo-doo. Doo-doo. It's real. It's a real bad idea, and it's just a naked cash grab. Like, I on, on Reflex, I was like, oh, this is sticking it to FIFA and UEFA. So that's cool. I'm all for that. And then it's like, 
Oh no, it's that, but it's worse too. So, ugh. no one's no one's good in this at all. No, because comparatively speaking to the Macho Man Randy Savage, you are nothing but garbage. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're we're at the point where I've been sitting in my computer chair now for the last three hours, so like I'm not as fully energized to provide all of the takes that I have. But it should go without saying that this is listen. No, don't don't do it. I mean, listen. I hope that UEFA and FIFA and the EPL and all these leagues call their bluff and say you want to do this. We don't want you here. I really hope that happens. I mean, they're gonna do it. It's that's the thing. Like I think we've hit. I I think they've hit the point of no return on it. Well, that that's I what think I was thinking. Like at this point, I'd be a little more angry at them if they backed out. I'd be less angry if they backed out. I I would almost like be like, okay, I don't trust you as much as I used to anymore. But at least you're not doing the worst possible thing. And now it's like, oh yeah, well no, you guys are. No. My my relationship with Arsenal is, is actually like changing as this goes on. So See, yeah, I am <laughs> completely fine with Everton suddenly becoming the best <laughs> team in the Premier League. I'm fine with that. Yeah, might yeah. as well. Hey, listen, and also you know, uh, Leeds just equalized on Liverpool in the 87th. That's what they get. Yes, love it. Listen. A lot of people are saying that uh, all of the people involved in this product or in this project uh, from the clubs should leave their respective teams. And just, you know, uh, I think what was it? Gary Neville said that the Glazer family are scavengers and that they should be booted out from the club. Yeah, I mean, listen, you uh, know, Leeds, not to not to disrupt, but when Gavin said Leeds equalized my first thought was perfectly balanced as all things should be <laughs> i hope they remember you <laughs> i do think that i mean it's it's ironic that we have reached the point now where there's there's two sides of this and it's the people that well there's have there's always hated there's three sides major league soccer like the, the people that hate major league soccer because of the closed system and now it's like all of these big teams are going to go create their own closed system. They can never be relegated. They're always there. And there's no consequence. There's no consequence for being Tottenham and being bad. Like, there's just, oh, we're here. We're making a ton of money, and that's how it is. I mean, that is American sports in a nutshell, and now yes. that is what they are Tot- becoming. Tottenham are the ones who are bad in this scenario. Yes, thank you, Gavin. I totally agree. Tottenham are the new <laughs> New York Mets. That's what this is. <laughs> We're collecting our paycheck. No, they're, they're the Marlins. It's like we're collecting our paycheck. You know, we're getting, we're we're making money regardless. Who cares? My name is David Loria, and I've spent a million billion dollars on a stadium. The team is ass, but you know, we're still getting that revenue, that sweet sweet revenue sharing. So, uh, not only that, but he then made money from selling the team. Yeah, yeah, made a made a ton of money from that. Or an even closer to home hit, you know, people talk about the Orlando Magic when they, you know, were trading all these guys. And it's like, is the plan working? Uh, yeah, the DeVos family is making a lot of money from this, so it's working. 
as a as a Pittsburgh Pirates fan in my entire life, I feel this on a very deep and personal level. <laughs> yeah, but you're also a Penguins and a Steelers fan, so I don't I, I don't uh, I don't sympathize with you at all. Uh, the, the, those are less relevant, right? Uh, are they though? Is it because they're winning that they're less relevant? No, they're just they're all champions. They're great to watch. All right, whatever. Pittsburgh, great city of champions. It's just the Pirates. I I hate baseball because of them. In basketball, I've grown up a Magic fan because I grew up here in Orlando. Right. There's no Pittsburgh basketball team. So it's like, I want to well, watch I mean, basketball. What was the, what was the Pittsburgh ABA team? Was it the, the, the Pittsburgh Condors? Is that Was that the ABA team? That sounds... Yeah, the Pittsburgh Condors. Yeah, there you go. And they won a championship back in 1968. See, there you go. Ah, well, let me celebrate that 1968 championship then. Because how dare I forget the past of... Kyle, how dare you forget the <laughs> Pittsburgh Condors? Anyway, my parents weren't even alive when they won that. Jeez. All right, last thing I want to I want to leave you with here. The European Super League is just the International Champions Cup year round. Yeah, it's it's the International Champions Cup, but with more money involved. Which is why, in a in a vacuum, uh, I'm yeah. not opposed. To the concept of the top clubs in the world, kind of having their own competition with a little more stakes and a little more, you know, and a lot more money involved. There's like no stakes, that, right? But there, but then at the same level, there's. I I don't disagree with you, but my point being, them doing something like that that is slightly more than just a preseason tournament in a vacuum, I don't think is inherently bad. I think it's everything else that comes with that. What it what it's taking away from other clubs, what it's taking away from the sport as a whole globally, I, I think is, you know, as a whole different, I think those things are bad. I, I just, the concept of these clubs going, Hey, we just, this thing we normally do every summer on tour in whether it's Asia or the United States or, or whatever, it's really all they're doing just on a different scale. If you want to add more absurdity to all this, uh, the president of Real Madrid has already assured that their 12 European championships will carry over. So they will still be the 12-time champions of this. You know, you, well, you know what I say? You, you know what I say to that? It's time to go! Uh, yeah. Sorry, I just had to get that sound clip in there. I, I've been waiting on that. Writing, waiting on like a good moment to play that for like 10 minutes. <laughs> Well, you did great. You did great, Austin. I'm I'm proud of you. Thank you. <laughs> you know, I'm not not usually the one in charge of the soundboard, and I'm I'm still learning. But you know, who has been? I haven't been on the show in like over a year. Nobody. We haven't been using the soundboard in like oh. forever. We just kind of forget about it sometimes. But now that everybody's here, I feel like it's a good time to like go a little bit more, you know, in depth and such. So here we are. Okay. That works. Look at us. Who would have thought? Good news, guys. We only went an hour and a half this week. We kept it under an hour. Love it. Well, I think we got everything in, and that's that's even better. So, with that, I think we're going to call it a day. Yes, and unless anyone else has something they want to say before we go. Perfect. All right. Well, for Kyle Foley, for Brad Newton, for Gavin Eubank, I'm Austin David saying so long. Thank you for tuning in to another edition of the Orlando Soccer Show. We'll be back next week to talk about the Sporting Kansas City and Washington Spirit games. And uh, we will leave you with an 
a motivational macho man quote. Thanks for tuning in. Nobody said life was easy, so if you get knocked down, take the standing eight count, get back up, and fight again. <laughs>